Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. Now back to Damon and Ratto on 95.7 The Game. It's 5 o'clock, which means it's almost time to leave. But it's not time to leave yet. It's time to talk about the NFL. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's never time to talk about the NFL, but we have to do it today because a lot of stuff's been happening. Some of it consequential, a lot of it not, but we got to kill time before we get out of here. So, mm-hmm. um, The least, impressive, least important thing is Carson Wentz being essentially released by Washington. Which immediately, I saw your antennae go up <laughs> because you thought, oh, should the should the 49ers kick tires on him? Tires need to be kicked, Ray. Tires do need to be kicked, but I, I don't think his. I mean, he is at a point now where he's almost sort of untouchable by a team with, with aspirations. Yeah, and you know what? Baker Mayfield get has had such a bad rap, we know some things happen in college and he's a little bit, he can be a little bit prickly with the media. How Baker Mayfield, who has played better than Carson Wentz, besides the one year Carson Wentz had when he eventually went down and the Eagles won the Super Bowl that year, Baker Mayfield has pretty much had a better body of work. We always hear about Baker Mayfield and the locker room guy this, locker room guy that. Carson Wentz, they tried to tell us about this, Ray, when he was on the Eagles, everybody kind of ignored it. Then, you know, he moves on, continues to get opportunities, and then his play ends up slipping. And now he's released. I don't know. There will be a sucker who does at least kick the tires on Carson Wentz because there's just some bad quarterback play out there. But it is interesting how Carson Wentz has skated around this and been giving multiple opportunities when we have been told, here's the thing, we've been told by Eagles players that Carson Wentz was not a good locker room guy. I don't know that anyone's ever said that about Baker Mayfield. Baker Mayfield's issues have mostly been with media and other areas. I don't recall uh, any players, and I'm no either you'll correct me or somebody on on one of our platforms will correct me as well. But I don't necessarily recall anybody saying from a player standpoint, I can't play with Baker. He does this. He does what. He does that. We're seeing the same thing now with Russell Wilson. But Carson Wentz. All this has happened. He's been given multiple opportunities. He just isn't very good. Well, and he's been given multiple opportunities because there aren't that many good quarterbacks in the National Football League. Right. And somebody picked him in the first round. So there's always that temptation of, well, I can fix him. Mm -hmm. When, in fact, most of the time, no, you can't. Some guys get picked in the first round and just their skills don't translate. And... I know that the word on, on Wentz was that he was aloof in the locker room and players, you know, his teammates weren't incredibly fond of him, but mm-hmm. it wasn't like a, a matter of being public enemy number one. But you can get away with that if you put skins on the wall. Yes. And truth is, you know, he got them to a position where somebody else put skin on the wall. Mm-hmm. And that was as far as it went. Now, you know, they... they Washington tried to give the job to Taylor Heineke twice. And now they're off Heineke, too. So that tells you where they viewed Wentz. So I don't know 
why you would kick the tires on him if you're the 49ers. There are teams that will kick the tires on no, him. No, you're and I and I have you know, the, well, here's why here's why I say that. Yeah. This is a team that is close enough to a Super Bowl that they don't need to take a chance on a guy if the other two guys can't play. You got you've got to basically go somewhere else and there are other guys out there. Um, Carson Wentz just feels to me like somebody who you signed if you were six and eleven the year before. Mm-hmm. Carson Wentz smells like a Raider quarterback to me. Whoa, not a forty nine er Whoa, whoa. And to what? To battle it out with somebody? Because the thing is, Carson Wentz. We're to the point now with Carson Wentz. Wherever he's going, there will be some type of QB battle. Nobody is yeah. handing him over QB one. Yeah, but what I'm saying is because there is not a great market for spare quarterbacks mm-hmm. that. He'll get a look from somebody. I just don't know that it's going to be a team that has legitimate Super Bowl aspirations. What are you thinking? We're thinking Carolina, somebody like that. I'm thinking a team that was seven and ten or six and eleven. The Raiders come to mind. They have a they have a gaping hole where their quarterback position used to be. So who? Yeah. Well, I mean, I'm not, I'm not saying it because I want the Raiders to be stuck with Carson Wentz. I right. care less. But they're a team that has a need for a quarterback. He has a need for a job. It sounds to me like they would bring him in for a look. I don't know if they'd sign him, but yeah, he and, seems like the kind of team that would be at least intrigued. I would feel and I would hope that the Raiders feel like they're in a position where that is the last thing they would do because of the aloofness and because of the whole question mark situation. I mean, the Colts, they were supposed to really do some things both all these last couple of years and they turned into the QB retirement home and who knows what they're going to do. Obviously, they had a high pick, so they're going to try to make some moves. But I can't see the Raiders. I mean, if you want to bring in Carson Wentz, sure, but I don't know that that's been the option because or that's been the issue because obviously Carson Wentz is doing something that is tricking these teams into bringing him, bringing him in, and then he gets there and he can't do anything. And to do what he did with the Colts and to just now do what he did with the Commanders, where he can't stay on the field, or even when he can't stay on the field, you're going with the guy Taylor Heineke, who you just said the Washington doesn't even want to stick with him. I don't. I think the Raiders. That would be a very much a. I don't know a throwback. Raiders thing to do to move off Derek Carr to move off Derek Carr and, and to even bring in Carson Wentz I think you would have some anarchy from Raiders fans again fans don't matter they're going to be there or they're not going to be there you know it's just it's I don't think Raider fans are going to suddenly walk out because they brought Carson Wentz into camp to take a look at him yeah I don't think you're going to give him the job I'd, I'd be stunned if he's a starter in the league next year wherever he goes Right, but he's a guy you look at because you know you look at the arm. And you go, well, that's intriguing. You know, you you can look at the fact that you know the Colts have been a mess since Andrew Luck left, and that Washington, you know, they're they're always going to be dysfunctional for any number of reasons. Um, but you know, I only mention the Raiders because they have the kind of record that would indicate you know they could they could use help anywhere uh, uh, and that they have a quarterback gap that screams out we got to get somebody who looks like he's been a starter in the past so uh, you're just basically a bridge type guy yeah until yeah. you can get something you like and he would definitely be cheaper than jimmy garoppolo who is another name that's been connected to the raiders well you know uh, yeah rich eisen brought that up last week mm-hmm. but you know, I I just use the Raiders as a as an example, not mm-hmm. because he Carson Wentz would be perfect for the Raiders. I don't think Carson Wentz would be perfect for anybody. No, but you know, he's out there now, and that's the, pretty much it. And the Commanders, I believe, pick sixteen in the draft. That's around that area of some of these guys. The and I know Ray. I know you're not going to watch the combine. I'm going to check out the combine. You're, you're not. You're not a healthy man. I'm just, I'm going to kick the tires on the combine. I'm not going to be sitting there all day long. But yeah, when it's the skill position players, I want to I want to watch. You're wow. just completely you, out on it? You have a family, right? You have other stuff in your life. I do. But that's a thing you're going to do anyway. 
it's it, it's going to be, you know, just in between. I'm not just sitting down, grabbing some popcorn and lock it in on the draft. I, I, I It's not the draft. Or it's the, the combine. combine. I need to talk to your wife. <laughs> this is... This is not an expression. Ray, the narrative. This is a cry for help. I can't wait for all the narratives that are going to come out of the combine. Who threw? Who didn't throw? Who didn't run the 40? It's a big deal, Ray. Wow. It's just not. <laughs> but be that as it may. Um, the, the other thing that happened, uh, at least that has something to do with the football side of this, is the competition committee mm-hmm. has started its meetings this week. And they're already talking about, um, um, you know, nudging the rules on the onside kick uh, to have it more like the the uh, XFL where right. all of a sudden you get a fourth and 15. Right. You know, if you convert that, you get the ball back. Uh, they're talking about getting rid of the um, quarterback sneak tush-push. Yes. The Eagles perfected. And from Judy Batista of the NFL Network, she says not much is expected to happen out of this, which I think in some ways is a good thing because... The NFL is getting into sort of dangerous baseball-like territory in which they start giving, gimmicking up the rules every year, every year, more and more things they throw in. And it's already ungovernable from an officiating point of view. Yeah, well, and it's a matter of just because you can change. If we could just marry all these sports together and the powers that be that run them, you'd have a really good league. Because I would love to take some things from each league and combine them. Because some the, the NFL does some things really well. The NBA does some things really well. The NBA does some things poorly. The NFL does some things poorly. Major League Baseball, we're just still trying to figure them out day by day. But the tush push to me, I can already see, Ray, AFC, NFC championship game. It's fourth and inches. And then is the flag, if you see the running back, put hands on tush? Where where, where does that land? Then, hey, I only put one finger on it. I didn't put a whole hand. Is that worth the flag? I don't want to go down that road, Ray. No, I, I, I think it's, it's over-regulation in a sport that is already over-regulated. Mm-hmm. The other thing they were talking about, and this to me is interesting, they want to make roughing the passer reviewable. And I can't see how this is going to get much traction at all because the NFL over the last 15 years has made it clear that they don't want the quarterback in any danger at all. And that might fly. That might fly in the face of a hundred years of professional football. Mm-hmm. But they've made it clear that if we're paying somebody forty million dollars, we don't want him to get roughed. And the idea that you could take a penalty like that off the board, I think, in the minds of some of the people on the competition committee, would make them think, okay, then basically now. We've changed the risk-reward, and we don't want to do that. We want to make, you know, touching the quarterback punishable by 15 yards. They continue to tweak this stuff and not get it right. I mean, how many quarterbacks were knocked out of the game this season on a flagged play? Correct me if I'm wrong, but Tua, he got knocked out. Those, he did not, those there were not flags on that play. Brock Purdy, there was no flag on that play. So uh, how much of this is correcting an issue that isn't really an issue? Well, it's all correcting an issue that isn't really an issue in that the teams that come up with these ideas are typically teams who had a quarterback get hurt right. because of a roughing the passer call or had a roughing the passer call called against them and it affected a game. Mm-hmm. Most of these proposals are from teams who felt aggrieved a year ago. Right. And that's why, in many ways, every time the competition committee wants to engage one of these topics as a debating point, it ends up somehow either in the rule book or as a point of emphasis to the officials in the next year, and it gets in the way of the game itself. Because this is not a safety it's not a safety issue. No. All it is is What's the proper punishment for roughing the passer? And the proper punishment for roughing the passer, if you want quarterbacks to be completely safe, is an ejection. And they're not going to do that. Mm-hmm. So what is it What is it they're trying to accomplish? Well, it's nothing except to listen to some general manager who feels like he got aggrieved in week eight the year before. Sure, sure. And going back to the things that have come and, come and gone, 
What was it after a couple years ago now, more than a couple, with the Saints and the really bad pass interference call? Then the next year, didn't something come out that they were going to update and make pass interference? You can challenge it or something like that. And, and I'm watching this year when these things happen, and it all just went away. Yeah, because they couldn't get enough traction in the room. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's, that's the thing about the competition committee is it always tweaks the rule book. But if it's something egregious like that play, I think they find it easier to write it off as, well, that was just official error. Mm-hmm. And there's not much we can do about that. We already have re- review. What, el- what else do you want? Yeah. So, And Goodell's already said, I mean, he, he was saying that. Was it was that the Pro Bowl? He was saying that, you know... Officiating's never been better. Never been better. Yeah, which, you know... That tells you that he's not even trying anymore at these right. pressers. He just he couldn't he couldn't be less interested. He doesn't want he doesn't want to know what the question is. He just wants to ask the next one, then ask the next one, then let me get the hell out of here. Right, right. And he really not? he really is, you know, he really is showing you that the commissioner's job is basically as a labor and contract rights negotiator. Mm-hmm. It's not about anything else. Because you can't look at Roger Goodell and say, Man, he's interested in the fans getting their money's worth. No, he's not. He's interested in the fans' money. Right. And and you don't necessarily realize that because you don't sit there and look up commissioner. You know, Ray, when I finished school, I had a little fad where I really wanted to be an athletic director because I was thinking, okay, you know, you get to hang out with the teams. You get to be a part of the sporting events, things like that. So I actually went in and I was, I interned a couple, you know, colleges around around the Bay Area doing it and then I found out very quickly you're just raising money. That's all you're doing. Yeah. You're not you're not really a part of it. You get to stop by at games and things like that, but you're not you're not directing the athletics really. You're fundraising. No, no, that's no, 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 that's all you're doing. That's all you that's all athletic directors have ever done. Mm-hmm. You know, and to remind the the the, uh, the alums if you're going to pay somebody, do it where nobody can see it. <laughs> right. Yeah, you know, do it with cash so it's mm-hmm. not traceable. Yeah. And now that even that isn't required in college because you've got NIL. You get the NIL. Do it that way. Well, CJ Stroud came up and said uh, the current Ohio State court, uh, coach Ryan Day, or, or he came out and said, or sorry, it was Justin Fields who came out and said that he was getting a big bag. And I don't know if the NCAA can now say, oh, okay, well, because he did break the rules before. They were no longer rules. I don't know if Ohio State... And then he says it on a podcast, and it just went away, right? It just yeah, went away. Because nobody, there's nobody there to police it anymore, and there's yeah. no interest in policing it. Right. I mean, the NC2A, you know, liked the fact that it could be the mall cop until they found out, nah, that's... There's due process involved, and it's a lot harder for you to be a good mall cop. Yeah. And the, the price you pay is now what they have, which is they're irrelevant on a football you know, in, in the football scheme. Mm-hmm. And the only thing they have going for them basketball-wise is they still run the tournament. But, you know, that's one gathering of coaches away from being gone, too. And they'll, you know, they'll run their own tournament. Yeah, there's always something. Yeah, and it's always bad. Where, do you, where are you at with the, the tush push? It doesn't bother me one way or the other. You know what? I mean, it's not a play that you can run on fourth and five. Mm-hmm. It's a play you can run on fourth and two. And do you want to move the chains or not? I mean, it's it's irrelevant to me. It just unless yeah. unless you start seeing guys getting hurt, mm-hmm. and I don't think we've seen that yet. When you can show that there's a safety issue, then I'll get interested. Other than that, it's just you know, mesomorphs on one side pushing over mesomorphs on the other. Well they and they got rid of the ability to launch yourself off a player. But again, I think that one could cause more injury than the tush push. Yeah. Well, until it does, I don't know that there's a a thing to grab there. One other thing from the NFL today, uh, the Washington Post is reporting that Daniel Snyder is threatening the NFL and the other owners that if it does not indemnify him from any lawsuits after he sells the team, he's going to sue the league. So that's a new pie fight with that guy. And apparently it has angered some owners to the point where they would like to renew a a pursuit of of basically kicking him out of the league, Mm -hmm. which would guarantee a lawsuit and 
I'm all for it because I like chaos. I like I like billionaires eating other billionaires. I like wealthy people engaged in cannibalism. Please do this today. Well, CBS, they're even saying they're you know they had a write up saying that Snyder apparently might not even sell the team now. Oh yeah, no, that's that. Here, here's the other part of that because Danny Snyder is almost certainly the worst owner in sports right now. Mm-hmm. He um, he didn't get any offers that were in the neighborhood of what I believe is the asking price was like $7 billion. Mm-hmm. But he's also made it clear that Jeff Bezos, who owns Amazon and as a sidelight, the Washington Post, can't bid on the team because he hates the Post that much. And he's convinced that Bezos has been sicking the newspaper on him to force him to sell to Bezos. So that's going to be fun, especially when he does sell to somebody who immediately turns around and goes to Jeff Bezos and said, okay, we paid $7 billion for this. Will you pay 10 Right. There's nobody. You can't hold somebody like that down. And Daniel Snyder, I think we've had the conversation before. What is it that he has? He's got to have something. The way he moves is if he has something that if he drops it, and he's even said, hey, you know, don't make me start releasing this stuff because the way he moves is really is as if he feels he could bring everybody down. And we're going to, if we go back to the Gruden emails and everything that happened, it is still crazy to think that John Gruden was the only one that had some emails that were written the way that they were written. It's, it's hard to think that John Gruden was the only one talking like that. Well, it, Bruce Allen gets some grief for that, too, because he never said, John, don't stop doing that. Sure. So he's he's culpable in this, too. But more to the point, I always say that it makes Damon crazy. <laughs> um, more to the point, everything we know about the National Football League is that it is impervious to pain. Mm-hmm. It is... It's like Bank of America. It's too big to fail. And I don't know what it is that Snyder has on the other owners that could affect the machinery. Mm-hmm. I mean, maybe maybe an owner gets, you know, indicted on something, but does he have goods on all 31? I doubt it. I think it's a threat that basically makes him a nuisance. And I think what he's trying to do is figure out how much of a nuisance can I be before they blink? And sure. I don't think that, and I think if push comes to shove, they won't blink. They'll go, yeah, we'll just steamroll you. Because the only thing preventing that from happening already is that there are some owners who are worried about the precedent. That if you can crush one owner, you could crush another, and that next owner could be me. Yeah. And so I think they're a little worried about a precedent when in fact the NFL doesn't honor precedents. They don't honor anything because nobody is willing to take them on. I mean, look, their owners have a combined net worth of somewhere in the neighborhood of 200 plus billion dollars, which is more than even Jeff Bezos has. So if they wanted to band together, they could could buy several states. So I think if, if Daniel Snyder wanted to push hard enough, I think they go, okay, let's go to court. In the meantime, we're going to step on your neck. Unless we're not talking, and that's the thing. When we talk about Daniel Snyder having something on these guys, we're not talking about getting canceled here, okay? We're, we're talking about facing jail time. That At least that's what I'm thinking. I, this is not about these guys. Th- that's what was so interesting about the John Gruden thing because these guys, you can't necessarily cancel people that just are powerful beyond measure a lot of these guys they don't care if oh you're not going to buy my stuff you don't even know half the stuff i own so you're buying stuff and you don't even know that you're still supporting me so it's not about canceling it's about if he has something on them that has them looking at jail time but how many of those are there there can't be a lot but well i mean there could could be i mean who knows but if it's not a lot it's some big ones okay but again, now you have to get the Justice Department to want to pick this fight. Mm-hmm. And I think, I, I don't know that it's a loser's game, but I think Daniel Snyder likes to bluff. And he likes to play at being the bully. 
but there are some people you can't bully. And I think the other 31 billionaires, you know, are just going to say, okay, show us what you got. Yeah. But if you show us what you got and it ain't enough, we'll treat you like gum on the bottom of our shoes. Yeah, you better have that, better have that full house, huh? Well, I just, yeah, I want to see the chaos. Mm -hmm. I want to see blood on the moon because that's the kind of girl I am. Well, that's where it's headed. I hope so. I really do. Because not only would I like to see what what dirty businesses the other owners are in, mm -hmm. I'd like to see him get crushed just because he's he's a dirtbag. Yeah. I'm just thinking if this all came out, you still can't beat. There, if everything came out, I mean, how bad would this stuff have to be for anybody to stop watching football? I don't think I don't. It, it's not. But it's not about that. It's about what's the level of shame that can get the NFL's owners to blink. Because mm -hmm. people are still going to watch football. That's not, e that's not even part of the discussion here. That thing's bulletproof until people find out that teams and owners are actively manipulating results. And at that point, I think you could get people going, you know what? I bet on that team. You know, mm -hmm. the fix is in, and the fix is in all the time. That's about the only thing. Because I think we almost saw death on the field this year. Yeah. And the only thing that happened was the rubbernecker factor in that Bills-Bengals game just skyrocketed. Mm -hmm. People want to see, they want to see the car crash. So I don't even think it's that anymore. And I used to think that would be it. But now I think it, it would just be, if you can't guarantee that the thing you're seeing is at least moderately close to genuine, that mm. would be it. So you felt that if somebody did legitimately lose their life on the field that could start people thinking you know what this is a little much i it would be a it would be too much for me mm -hmm. but i think at least the evidence from the one example that we have the demar hamlin thing is that more people were fascinated by it because among other things the nfl is absolutely peerless at taking bad news and turning it into good news for them. Yeah. I wonder how much UFC, and I know we've watched boxing for years, wrestling, whether it's the WWE or whether you're watching you know, Olympic wrestling, but I wonder how much the UFC, I don't know how much overlap there is, but I know that there has to be a decent bit and the UFC has continued to grow. Has the UFC affected how we look at football because as bad as okay I, I look i turn around when a knee goes in the wrong direction i don't need to see that i i just don't but i also don't really need to see i also look at that and think well ufc has a bunch of blood on the ground and guys just doing hammer punches and a bunch of different things really just making you more numb to the violence and I'm not trying to put this all on the UFC because, again, I don't know how much overlap there is. But it doesn't even have to be overlap for actual viewers because I think that actually helps the point. It's the fact that the UFC exists. So somebody like my wife who grew up watching football, parents, big football fans, she can watch football and might turn her head at some of the things. But when we're flipping through and SportsCenter has the highlights of a SportsCenter match, now there's a level that's past football to oh. where you are being completely barbaric on the in front of everybody does it make football let well i mean it's not ufc no i i don't think it they 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 have a lot of relationship except that i find it hard to believe that anybody would be a ufc fan and not a football fan correct but i could find i could easily see people who are football fans who aren't UFC fans. Right. Because the violence in UFC is literally, it's fist to face. But I'm wondering now, has that made, has that actually helped the NFL? No, I think what's helped the NFL is that as our entertainment choices change and as the vehicles by which we view entertainment are changing, mm -hmm. the NFL is the one sure thing that's still there. And the reason why it's the one sure thing that's still there is because everybody is going to be interested in Team A or Team B. 
they're not necessarily going to be interested in fighter A or fighter B because we tend to gravitate more toward team sports than individual sports. Right. And I think, you know, UFC figured out that we can get the boxing crowd. Because mm-hmm. who watches boxing anymore? It's got to be a sensational fight. And how many of, of there are those in the course of a year? Yeah, I don't know if you saw Maybe yesterday. One. Jake Paul lost, no longer undefeated. Yeah, that, that's a, that was a big deal. Bomani Jones had all he all oh, yeah. he could eat on. Oh, that. he was ready to go. Yeah, and you know what? I mean, that speaks to the bankruptcy of of that sport is that Jake Paul, and his brother Logan, can get traction in it. Mm-hmm. You know, just fight a, a bunch of tomato cans, and the first time he fights somebody with a pedigree that is still at least relatively recent, he gets beat. Yeah, and beat significantly. So, mm-hmm. I think the bloom's going to be off that rose pretty quickly. But in terms of why football makes it, I think it's it's a three-hour package. It's relatively at the same time every week. You can plot out your week by it. You don't have to, you know, make any special plans about, you know, well, UFC's going on tonight. You know, we were going to go out to dinner with my wife, but nah, I'm going to watch this instead. I don't think it resonates the same way. And I'm not an expert because I, I don't watch UFC. No, but, but I'm I, not trying to be judgmental. I just know that football is the template that all other sports, individual or team-wise, want to follow. But it doesn't necessarily translate that way. No, it doesn't. And there's so much. Football, I've always said, the reason, one of the reasons I feel like football is so inherently American is because it's really really the only sport that is inherently American. And I think that everybody that watches football, that follows football, buys into it even more. This is our sport. This is this is what we do. From when you're a kid, you know, the South, it's, what is it, football and religion. That They all go hand in hand. With UFC, a lot of these guys are now coming from, you know, international. And you see in football, you see these guys grow up. Right. There's no there's not even a G League because you have to wait for your third year in school to go anyway. So you've grown up with these players. And I think that's a big part of it, too, Ray. These UFC fighters, if I asked all these people, okay, well, who do you know that's UFC fighter? I think everybody would first say Conor McGregor. That would be number one. And I don't know how many people could get to three, maybe. Yeah, well, I mean, but I I think I think that that's the wrong way to look at it because. UFC is has only been operational for fifteen years. Mm-hmm. I'm not I'm not even sure about the number. But the NFL has if you want to, you know, do the citizenship argument, the NFL is the only sport of the ones played in America that isn't played anywhere else. Right. It's played in Canada. You know, there There was like, a Europe League, I remember. There was, but it was basically Sponsored by the NFL, I remember pulled out of it. Well, I remember playing them on Madden, and all those teams were awful. Well, yeah, because it was you know, it was an army of Paxton Lynches. Yeah, (laughs) but the NFL is the one thing that isn't exportable anywhere else. I mean, you could put an NFL game in Europe or one in Germany, but you can't put a league in Germany. Mm -mm. You can't put a league in England. You can't put a league in France. It doesn't doesn't translate yet because their version of the NFL is soccer. And soccer is bigger over there than the NFL is here. And that's just not disputable. Is there anywhere that you could put an, a football league that could get as big as the MLS in the U.S.? It hasn't been done yet, so the easy answer is no. Mm-hmm. But I would say the truthful answer is Hasn't been proven yet. Because I'm saying MLS on purpose because MLS is what? On our scale, is it number four? Is it behind hockey? Um, I think at this point, it's in an argument with hockey and will be in an argument with baseball. Mm. Although I really believe that the thing that holds MLS back more than anything else is that it isn't the best soccer in the world. And Americans are label shoppers. So it's the XFL, or is it even USFL? I think, well, if you want to compare it to anything, it's sort of like third division European soccer. 
mm. which is two steps down from the bi- the big leagues, and the big leagues there, you know, like Lionel Messi. Even if you're not a soccer fan, you know who he is. Right. I don't know how many people in Europe can name who the best player in football is right now. I don't know. That's a good question. I mean, Patrick Mahomes is obvious. Yeah, but I don't know how many people in England. Yeah, no. Oh, yeah, Patrick Mahomes. Obvious to us. I don't know how obvious that name is. Now, Tom Brady is, but Tom Brady had to do it for how many years? Yeah, yeah, two two decades. Yeah. Lionel Messi today got named you know, FIFA's Player of the Year and has done it now in three different decades, mm-hmm. which is essentially Brady. Right. But people know who he is. I don't know how well that translates in Europe, except to a niche crowd. Because yeah. it's never been tested on the level that soccer has made inroads into the U.S. And even at that, MLS is still a league that is hot in a few places, but otherwise is signing players who are basically too old for Europe. But they try to grab the ones that still have that name. Right. Yeah, they, they, they sign for name recognition. I mean, mm-hmm. there's still hot rumors that Messi's going to play in Miami next year. Why? I don't know. He's probably going to be done by then. Mm-hmm. I mean, in terms of being a, a player with, of force, but he's still a player of recognition. And he's going to get paid an obscene amount of money for it. So I think, you know, getting back to the thing we were talking about earlier, um, soccer's making inroads here because we have access to the best players. The NFL has not yet been able to do that on a mass scale in Europe or South America. Um, for what, I mean, because they already have their version of the NFL. It's called, you know, European soccer. Yeah. It just, you know, everybody gets a piece of that and everybody across the entire continent and all the way to the Far East and all the way south to the, you know, tip of Africa and South America. Soccer's, that's their sport. Yeah. And if you talk to people that aren't from America, what do they say when you bring up the NFL or American football? You Americans love football. But it's not. Yeah. But soccer's international. It's never you, non-Americans love yeah. your football. Well, that's that's a yeah. that's a lot of the world. That's, that's yeah, you Croatians. What <laughs> what do you know? No, I I mean it's just it's it's a dynamic that I don't know is going to change, and at least in my lifetime, particularly since I think most of the people in the audience are rooting for me to have a quick and painful death. But for the most part, we're seeing just the start of how this is going to play out. Mm-hmm. And I'm not smart enough to know that how it's going to end, but I do know that soccer started to become big in America when we had regular access to the best European leagues. I mean, Mark Grandy is a shameless opportunist for for Arsenal. And 3 years ago, I don't even think he was a he, he was a fan of Arsenal. The game on Wednesday, Ray. I yes, thank you. But, you know, he's, he's a classic example of somebody who's gotten to see the best soccer players in the world over the last five years, and now he's a fan. Lucas is a soccer fan, too, but, again, he's got an alcohol problem, so it's hard to know just how much of a fan he truly is. So here's, here's a question. We've talked about the XFL, and we've talked about the USFL and how the product just isn't good enough, right? People like Grandy, people like Lucas that are watching, how... I guess the learning curve. How tough is the learning curve for American football versus soccer? Because I don't know if myself, I know if I watch the XFL and I watch the NFL, yeah, those guys are faster in in the NFL. Those guys are bigger in the NFL. If I watched, I guess I'm saying, where did the learning curve happen for Americans to even be into it? Because I would assume at this point, Grandy and Lucas can tell the difference between an MLS game and one of the games that they're watching yeah. oh. with their teams. Is it that different? When, when Fox started its soccer channel, and that was, I want to say, 15, almost 20 years ago, mm-hmm. and they started giving you the Premier League, and you could get 
like the Bundesliga and the other elite European leagues. Now you're seeing the best players. Now you can get, if you're just a casual fan, oh, that's why people like that. It may not con- convert you, but at least now you understand it because you're not being sort of forced to accept what is the equivalent of double-A baseball if you're used to seeing the big leagues. I think you also have to know what you're looking for. It's You have to have patience with it because everyone always talks about how can you be excited for a 1-1 draw when it's only two goals scored and two hours of game, but... Mm-hmm. If you're watching the best players in the world and actually, you know, now as well with the, with the growth of good graphics on television, you can actually watch how a player is kicking the ball, using the outside of his foot, placing it between defenders, using the actual skill these incredibly talented players are, are doing on the greatest stage. The stuff that they do with the soccer ball is really, really impressive. And if you don't know what you're looking for, then it's hard to fully appreciate it. But once you learn how how hard it is, what they're doing, same with hockey, I think. Once you're learning actually how cool the stuff that they're able to do, both with their, their feet and their head, then you're able to at least appreciate it, I think. And, you know, it may not translate for you. Yeah. But, but I, yeah. your kids... Absolutely. But I also think that still speaks back to Major League Baseball in that it does help that when Grandy and Lucas decide to fire up these matches, it's packed. Okay. If you're, and then from there, well, let me see why it's packed. You show some kid, yeah, the Reds and Pirates are playing. These are the best athletes in the world. And you turn on the game and there's 14 people in there. They're going to say, are we sure they're the best? I don't know. I think it does. Well, I think it does make a difference. I, I, no, I, I, I think it does. But, you know, we can continue this on the other side. But first, we have to get to the other side, which means we have to stop this side. Um, we are sponsored by AC Transit. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now back to damon and ratto on 95.7 the game for all our best content, and whatever the hell you want to call this, head to YouTube, search 95.7 The Game, and click subscribe. You'll see all of our shows live, the best interviews, the most interesting segments, behind-the-scenes content from the Warriors, and more. It's all on the 95.7 The Game YouTube page. So subscribe and get off our case. We're in the home stretch, mm-hmm. Dr. Styles. Yes. Shall we talk about LeBron James? You led me right where I was going. Yeah. Uh, this is... This sounds... It almost sounds catastrophic. Mm-hmm. And I know... I mean, we, we've only had the news for like half an hour that he injured his foot. He's going to miss multiple weeks, according to sources. Um, but at his age, and with his history of problems with the other foot, 
your mind immediately goes to the possibility that the indestructible man might actually not be indestructible. We are here in the year 2023. You have LeBron James, who's now out for an extended period of time. You have Steph Curry, who has had multiple stints this season of missing time. And I hate to do the torch being passed thing, Ray, but we're just seeing their mortality. You know, Tom Brady retired for, we think, the, a real, the real, real time this time. And it's tough, man. It's just kind of part of it. You never know how these things are going to end. My question with LeBron James is obviously he wants to get back. It's going to get, it could get to a point, Ray, when it's turning into this whole, uh, you know, managing minutes and, and all of that good stuff or bad stuff, depending on who you ask, load management. LeBron might have to start weighing if he really if he really wants to pull off this this situation with Bronny. How much does he play next season? I, I have no clue. But see, these injuries are not wear injuries. Well, I guess they might be because I'm not a doctor. But this sounds like just a freak incident. Uh, it's not like yeah, my my foot's been bothering me for a while. But still, Ray. Even if it's a freak incident, it's just hard for me to look at it as a freak incident for LeBron James, who's 38, when he didn't have very many freak incidents happen. No, I, I know that, but I guess what I'm trying to say is this was not an injury based on erosion. It was based on a specific circumstance. I think it's... Well, if it's not all connected, then you also have to discuss how long it takes, because then we could say, that's well... A, yeah, that's, that's another yeah, conversation. But right. I think... In the short term, I mean, the Lakers are cooked. I mean, they built their hopes of anything they were going to do this year around him. Mm -hmm. I mean, yes, they got Anthony Davis for the day when LeBron James is no longer playing. But they hadn't factored this. Right. I mean, they wanted to get Durant. They wanted to get Irving. They wanted to get the next super-duper star. And they didn't get either. You know, in one case, because the Brooklyn Nets would not consider trading Irving mm -hmm. to the Lakers. And then the other one, probably for the same reason that they told Kevin Durant, all right, I don't know where you're planning to go, but it isn't going to be there. And I don't know that, that Durant ever expressed a, a preference one way or the other. So I think the Lakers, you know, they're already... Like they've already missed the playoffs like eight of the last ten years. Mm -hmm. This could extend that out another three, four years because they don't have a plan B. No, and I mean, can we be honest here? I think no. I prefer you lie. I think even the run that they were supposed to make this this is what's annoying about this Ray. Because now all the Laker fans, I'm, I'm sure Spadoni is going to get on tomorrow morning and say, if LeBron hadn't got hurt, we were heating up. And I don't want to hear that. Well, here's the thing. Don't listen to Spadoni. That's true. You don't get up at, you know, 4.30 in the morning to do that. No. I mean, you wake up at 4.30 in the morning because a tree fell in your yard. <laughs> you know, just, I mean, the idea of having that guy in your ear at 5 a.m. Talking Lakers. I mean, you, you can't pour enough coffee in my eye to make that go away. <laughs> well, here's one for you, Ray, because I know you'll love this. couple of things on the, this is actually, I didn't even realize this. Pistons versus Charlotte Hornets. This is the the Warriors draft collision course right here. You got James Wiseman, you got LaMelo Ball. LaMelo Ball ends up exiting uh, with an apparent injury, but I know you want this line. Wiseman, watch. It'll end soon, Ray, but today's not that day. Eight for 10 from the floor, one for one from three-point land, 20 minutes, five rebounds. He's a minus nine. Yeah, but they're losing. So, and now, how much are they losing by? It's ninety-two to eighty-five, but I think that's because oh, they closed it. I think that's because Lamelo went out. Is my guess that would be yeah. I mean, we're talking about the two worst teams in the East. Nineteen points for James Wiseman. Well, I think if the Warriors just wanted to let him run free, mm -hmm. he could probably have done that here. But they had other needs and other responsibilities for him, and it was those responsibilities that. He couldn't grasp quickly enough for them. And I'm not trying to say he could not have grasped them given time right. and given better injury luck. But the Warriors were up against a deadline, which yeah. was the end of the year. 
and they decided they couldn't wait any longer for whatever's going to happen with James Wiseman to happen. He's playing. I mean, you brought this up earlier um, when we were talking about um, Dame Lillard mm-hmm. and, you know, not having the expectations. There are no expectations in Detroit. No. None. There are at least some in Portland. Right. In Detroit, it's, can you win 17 games? Yeah. 19 points and a monster dunk, Ray. You should have seen this. Just a Skywalker. Because Lucas kept playing it on the... <laughs> you know, just... I don't know. I'm, I've never been anti-Wiseman, mm-hmm. but I get why they did what they did. Yeah. Got to make the money make sense, I guess. Yeah. Um, what's coming up on the game, which is I know was bothering you, is going to be brought to you by Fremont Bank. It's best of the game. An hour of 95.7, the game's best content from the day, hosted by that alcoholic Sterling Bennett. Um, I can't imagine what the best of this would have been, although I think it's probably close to this. A lot of it. No, actually, it's this right here. Sports don't build character. They build a fast track to the garage. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Listen to every MLB game live. In the deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field, it's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply.